Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is Briar and Bramble by Freddie Taylor Bell. How are you, my darling? I am good. I'm good. I am excited to be on this part of our Heart Points journey of just playing shorter games. It does feel kind of like a return to form, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, even though we've always done long campaigns, it feels nice to get some... Just like a little break, a little practice, change it up, yeah. keep us on our creative toes. Yeah, it's it's nice to change things. And I don't know, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do. But this is, yeah, it's nice to be playing some other stuff. Uh, and speaking of which, today we're playing Briar and Bramble by Freddie Taylor Bell. Briar and Bramble is a game about animals adventuring in a community, uh, a uh, hodgepodge of animals uh, that's based on works like The Animals of Farthing Wood, uh, Watership Down, feels very uh, Plague Dogs to me as well, although Plague Dogs is just about two dogs. And uh, it's set in the British countryside as these animals are attempting to traverse as a community and find a home for themselves. And Briar and Bramble is currently free on itch.io. It's uh, You can find it at drunkwizard.itch.io forward slash briar or just drunkwizard.itch.io. It is also currently, as you listen to this episode, kickstarting a print and art version. Uh, a print version with full art is on Kickstarter. It's going to be going until October 1st. So if you enjoy this episode, please check it out. It is a Powered by the Apocalypse system. It's it's pretty straightforward and has uh, some cool community mechanics that um, we're going to get into. That it, We don't, we're doing it duet and I could definitely see, you know, with more people, it has like a more vibrant community. But uh, but I, I'm enjoying kind of what we've built so far. I agree. I'm excited. Diana, would you like to introduce your character that you're going to be playing in this game of Briar and Bramble? Sure. So I chose the character playbook, The Hound, and I am Polly the Basset Hound. If Polly the Basset Hound was a human, Polly would be about 20 years old. But Polly is a former hunting dog that went out on a hunting mission and just didn't come back. Just wasn't feeling it. And didn't come back. So now Polly's out adventuring and being just the goodest boy in town, which is a move I have and I love. <laughs> I just love the name of it. I'm the goodest boy in town. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I'm a young-ish basset hound. And I'll you guys will be able to see what my basset hound looks like. They're derpy. I'm a derpy looking ha- basset hound and I love it. Is that still appropriate? Is that old? Is that dating me? What, derpy? Yeah. I, I don't I uh, I don't I think it's fine. Okay. I'm pretty well, sure I'm silly looking. <laughs> I'm a silly looking basset hound. That's what I meant to say with that. Yeah, and after Polly uh, fled from her hunter, she wound up with a small collective of animals that were fleeing from the destruction and development of their home. Uh, so I think you probably hooked up with them in, in some like thick woodlands in the British countryside that uh, were probably like on the edge of 
I mean, A, they were hunting lands, so they aren't a good place to settle down. Right. And B, they were like probably like on the edge of, of where some construction has been happening. Mm-hmm. People have been moving in, forcing the wildlife out. And that community is made up of uh, Niklas, the stag, Esme, the foal, who I don't know if they're related. What do you think? Do you think Niklas and Esme are related? I kind of think no. I think it's better that it's no. Yeah. Personally. I think they're not related. I think Esme just kind of like fell in with with them. Um, and Niklas has kind of taken her under his antler <laughs> <laughs> to keep her safe. Uh, we have Mr. and Mrs. Fridswild, who are a pair of rabbits. And Edith, the pheasant, um, who is a little bit panicky. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> uh, we already have. So Esme, so one of the things about this game is in, in your community, each playbook comes with a couple of tags that you can give to your community to kind of build it up. And then you create an NPC that fulfills that tag. So our community has two tags. Our first tag is wary. Um, This community is always on the lookout for danger. And that is fulfilled by Esme the Foal. I also think Edith kind of like also fulfills that kind of image. Yeah. And then Mr. and Mrs. Fridswild represent the community tag of collective. This community doesn't have a specific leader. They make decisions together. I kind of really like that because I am a hunting dog. And theoretically, all of these creatures that I am wandering with are all creatures I would have hunted Mm -hmm. with my hunter. And so, like, it's not all of a sudden or not. It's not automatic that Nicholas would have the, like, the top position because... I could hunt him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it, it's just like a whole circle. Pheasants, birds are fucking mean. <laughs> just, they are, they're mean and they don't deserve to exist. They're tiny <laughs> dinosaurs. And some of them are very large dinosaurs and I hate birds. That are, are is a bird okay? bias and I will stick to it. I will never change. Birds are terrible. They taste delicious as they should because they're terrible. <laughs> I hate birds. I don't even know how to parse the 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 three... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Birds are terrible. Okay. Just that's the main purpose of Diana's speech is that birds are terrible. So does that mean that Polly hates Edith? No. Polly does not have the same prejudice and previous experiences that Diana has. Birds are mean. Birds are mean. And don't ever let anybody tell you that chickens aren't mean because all birds are mean. All birds are. All birds are dinosaurs and they're mean. They're all dinosaurs and mean. I think lots of people have birds that they love and that they well you're all wrong <laughs> i'm not backing down i don't care you're wrong birds are terrible <laughs> they poo and pee, pee out of the same hole on you no thank you they have beaks they just go around with their beaks that are capable of crushing things because that's what they're supposed to do you are one of the things it could crush i'm just not into it i'm not into it you're all wrong if you have birds I support you and your weird life choices, but those are weird life choices and I don't love them. One day I'm going to have birds. Absolutely not. When you're divorced (laughs) or when I'm dead. One or the other. Did something happen recently? I hate birds. (laughs) I just hate them. Sometimes I forget that I hate birds and then I'm reminded that I hate birds. I hate birds. They're the worst. Let's move on. (laughs) Polly the Basset Hound does not have the hangups that I have about birds. Okay. Polly is just like happy to be here. The, the worst kind of hunting dog is just mm-hmm. happy to be here. So so that's my question. How, 
Well, I have a couple questions. How long did you, how long have you been traveling with this family? I think it's been a while. Yeah. I do think it's been a little while. Um, I mean, certainly a few weeks. Like I, I've had the choice and, or I've had the chance to go back to humans and I have chosen not to. Like by this point, that's mm-hmm. how long I've been traveling, right? Like if it's been a week, then maybe you just haven't had the opportunity. Like I chose, I've chosen this life. This yeah. is what I want. Maybe you've even like seen humans in the distance and yeah. decided not to yeah. approach. So my stats, which I didn't go over. Oh yeah, let's let's I talk about, about that. So my stats are fierce, reflex, sense, and social. And my move, the goodest boy in town, is about interacting with humans. And when you interact with humans, you use your social. I specifically made my social the my least good stat. It's my one. it's my negative one. Um, just because I don't think Polly is like pro human. I think Polly is pro. I'm gonna live my life, bro. And this team of Things that I would have normally killed, that's my that's my go team. They allow me to be me. Cool. Yeah. What was it that attracted you to this group? So I'm picturing, you know, Polly is out on a hunt. And correct me, you know, if anything's wrong. Polly's out on a hunt, separates from her hunter. Mm-hmm. Did she immediately find this community or was she like lost for a little while and then found this community? I think she was kind of lost for a little while, right? Like she just, you know, was ignoring her hunter and was going deeper into the woods. Um, Because I'm sure hunters have, I don't hunt with dogs. I'm sure hunters have some sort of command that they issue Mm -hmm. for the dogs to come back. Because they don't stay right next to the human. That would defeat the purpose, right? So like she's ignoring her hunter. She's going deeper into the forest. And I think she's just kind of like enjoying her life, being free, when she kind of stumbles upon this collective. All right. And so as you've mentioned, all of the members of this community are animals that Polly would have been trained to hunt. Mm -hmm. How did joining this collective, this community go? Did, I guess, was anyone against you joining Nikolas, obviously. Nikolas was against. Obviously, and fucking pheasant. <laughs> Edith was like, very yeah. like, nope, 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 nope. Can't let, can't let Polly join. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't like this. This is making me very uncomfortable. I've been chased by too many dogs. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of imagined that um, Polly followed them. That she like tried to approach them, and they were like, no, go away. What? And then they like ran off, and then she just kind of was like, I'm gonna follow you, and followed them for like days. Which is at a distance. Yeah. Like not not in a threatening following them, but it was just like, you guys are interesting. I'm going to hang out with you. It kind of reminds me of spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender. If no one has seen that like decade old show. But when Zuko turns good Mm -hmm. and is like following behind everybody and like trying to convince them that he's good now. Yeah. That's what it kind of reminds me of. That's what it should remind you of. Who was it that finally convinced the others to let you join i think that it was the rabbits mr and mrs fritz wild fritz wild i think it was them okay um honestly they probably were just like i'm gonna just get eaten i'm tired of running let like we'll just let him kill us i'm done or let her kill us what's my pronoun i don't know she her okay that yeah i assumed she her just because because the name is polly yeah. yeah and it's always me and i always and it's me and i play she hers have you ever played a he, him, or a they, them on the show? I you don't have know. in other in outside I have. games. I have. I think I did. I think I've. I know. I think I've played he, him during our red robed lich. 
I think I played oh, a yeah, brother. Yeah. I think I played a brother there. I try to play she her um characters mainly because I know she her characters. You feel more comfortable. Because I am a she her, yeah, yeah. And I just feel more comfortable. And if I'm going to do something, I don't want to do it poorly and accidentally insult or hurt someone. Yeah. And so I don't wanna but I mean, that's not to say that it's not worth it to try. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, I think was my um was Menheat she her or was Menheat they them? That was a home game. Um, I don't. I th- I thought men heat was uh, used feminine pronouns. I think so too. I think I think sh- I think men heat used she her. Anyway, I just if I'm gonna do something, I don't want to hurt people in the in the process of me doing it. And so for me, the safest thing and the more comfortable thing is she her. And I mean, that's representation too. So yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, you know, fantasy stories have a huge dearth of right. of women characters that we can't afford more. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. So anyway, that was not about this game. <laughs> anyway, that's what I think happened. I think the rabbits were like, "I'm done. I'm done." Like, I want you to picture like an old European couple who's just like, "I'm gonna die here. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just gonna die here, and this is the end of it." And then Polly was like, oh, yay, friends. Finally. Let's be friends. Okay, great. Um, so I think that's all we need for setup. Do you want to get started with our actual story? Yeah, let's do it. Great. So the group has been traveling through these old forests for a couple days, and you finally come to this break in the woods. The The trees have started to become more sparse, more open, and when the tree line completely ends, you are looking out over a vast, hilly plain of wetlands. There's this more land of brownish green grasses and shrubs sticking up like paintbrushes and the occasional tall tree that reaches up to the sky with its widespread leaves and branches and hills, tall hills in the distance. And it's morning time and the bog is still thick over this wetland and you can see in between uh, the hills and beneath the grass there's like a thick layer of water this this whole area is is a wetland it's a bog with sporadic trees and the light is kind of dispersing through the fog and giving everything a warm glow over the bright green grasses and shrubs. Polly, I think you're kind of the first one to break through the tree line and see this. And Edith comes up behind you and she's kind of like looking around and she goes, where's, where's all the, where's all the trees? Where's, there's, there's, where's all the trees? Where are we going to hide? How are we going to hide? I don't know how to play like a silly character anymore. (laughs) Is what I'm realizing. (laughs) You've been playing. uh, Blood gold. What have you done to me? Um, I think Polly just goes, I don't know. Just like, like I don't know, like a goofy dog. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but continues like walking forward. It's just like, I don't know, but we're going to keep going. I think 
Mr. and Mrs. Fridswild uh, come up behind you and uh, Niklas and Esme join the group. And Mrs. Fridswild says, hold on a second, Polly. Let's just, let's, let's wait a moment and, and see how we should progress. Okay. And she just kind of like turns around and is facing the group now. So I think let's, we're going to start with a community move, I think. So there's the move all together now. When you attempt to use a community move that your community has access to, roll plus harmony to see if they're able to complete it. So I think we're going to go with the wary move. This community is always on the lookout Mm -hmm. and see how how well everybody kind of keeps an eye out for things and and kind of surveys the situation at hand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start by rolling our harmony. That is a total of six. Ooh, so a miss. Mm-hmm. All right, so who who kind of breaks with the wary uh, kind of Pol- ideology? Polly, obviously. <laughs> so it is, Polly it is, is Polly. Polly's just way too like, boop, 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 boop. like nothing's going to hurt me. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I just messes it all up for everybody. All right, so... Uh, Mrs. Fridswild kind of calls after you and you just kind of keep going. Yeah, I think I'm just like distracted. What are you, is there anything in particular that you're distracted by? Well, I am a basset hound, so I want to say a smell, but actually I'm going to go with a sound. Ooh, okay. Got got those big ears. I know those are for smell, but still. Do you have an idea of what the sound is? I think we're just, we're in like a Moorish land, right? So it's like wet. Yeah. So there's like sounds I'm not used to because I'm not used to this sort of location there's probably like bubbling or like dripping i don't know what moorlands sound like mm-hmm. i don't know different yeah. plants rustling in the wind so i think it's yeah uh, absolutely all of that you hear you hear the sound of the tall grasses rustling as if something is moving between them you hear uh frogs chirping and croaking and calling out to one another and this uh, gentle breeze kind of like moving over the moorland. Yeah, I think like, you know, they they had called me back and I'd circled around, but then I heard a sound. And so I just kind of, I didn't like take off, but I just was walking and started ignoring them. Yeah. Do you think you're using the move lay of the land? Um, yes, actually. Yes, I am. Okay. Because I'm curious. I'm just doing it without... The consent of my group. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because you're listening to these things. It sounds like you're kind of sniffing around following yeah. this. And as your paws sink into the wet mud, you're kind of, you break off from the rest of the group and start sniffing around. Yeah. So am I rolling for it? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Ooh, much better. That was a 10. Oh, I also realized we should tick the community conflict clock. Because the community is not super happy about Polly going off on her own. I think that makes sense. Probably not the first time I've done it. Mm. So that was a 10? Yes, I rolled a 10. So I can ask you two questions. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask, are there any predators nearby? So you pick up a familiar scent. And it is the scent of a fox. Okay. Um. It smells not terribly old. Uh, like the smell is not old? Like it passed yeah. by quickly, uh, recently? Yes. Okay. Um, but not t- too recently. Mm-hmm. Like in the last day or so, 
there was definitely a fox here in this area. Mm-hmm. So uh, you smell this fox. You know that foxes eat some of the members of your community. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely something to be aware of because it's it's somewhere out here in this moorland, but it's not directly like right here. Right. And then my second question is, are there any humans or human traps nearby? Yeah, I think as you are sniffing and exploring and you pick up the scent of this of this fox, you hear in the distance a sound that is very familiar to you, and it's a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it echoes out and reverberates across the moorland, and some birds take off in flight. You know that there is a hunter here. Uh, and they are off in the distance. They're, it sounds like it's coming from over a hill, but they are not in your line of sight yet. But you definitely hear that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you turn back to the community, like um, Esme has kind of like flinched and stepped behind Niklas. And I think uh, everybody now looks pretty concerned that they know that there is a hunter. Mm-hmm. I think I share with them the information that I've gathered. Like, there was a fox that came by here, and that was definitely a hunter. So when we move, we should move quickly to find cover. And uh, I think everybody talks it over to to make this decision. And, oh, well, I guess that sounds like all together now again, don't you think? Yeah. If we're going to come to a community decision. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? We'd be using community instead of wary. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't fail me now, Dice. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's a an eight, but I'm adding my harmony rate, so that's a ten. Never mind. That's okay, a ten. So that's we a succeeded. Ten. All right. So everyone is able to come together, and, and they talk it over, and they decide, you know, what Polly's suggesting is best. Um, you probably have the best relationship with both foxes and humans. Mm-hmm. Like, you... Polly probably knows the most about foxes and humans. Yeah. So I think they're going to agree with what you're saying. And, uh, oh, actually, we have the voice of authority. Yeah, but I don't think I want to use that. I don't think that's what Polly would want to do right now. Right, because this is a community decision. Yeah. This is an everybody decision. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like, I know what's best in this situation. Follow me. I think Polly's just like, this is what I think. Yeah. Because the because neither danger is immediately present. Mm-hmm. Like a fox was here a day or so ago. There's a hunter over the hill. They're not coming towards. I can't tell if they're coming towards us, and we don't see them. So like none of these dangers are immediate and present. So I think Polly would be fine with whatever the group decided. Great. So I think they they take your suggestion of moving fast and moving quick, and I think Esme is a little nervous, but Niklas kind of reassures her. He nuzzles her with his snout and kind of helps her get up and move. And uh, I think the community starts making their way. Uh, What position does Polly take in this kind of like leading through? Obviously the front. I know. I just said leading, which is a very leading. No, but but obviously that's where Polly would be. Like if Polly was in the back, she would 100% get distracted. If Polly was on the side, she would obviously get distracted and distract others. In front, she's got a mission. She's a hunting dog. Like, she might not want to hunt, but she was trained to be a hunting dog. So, like, she's in front. She's got a scent. She's got a purpose. So, she's moving forward. 
I'm sure that rubs Niklas the wrong way, but that's what she's doing. No, I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily does. I think Niklas is trying to keep up with you while also protecting Esme. Mm-hmm. I think you're right in that Niklas kind of wants to be the leader, mm-hmm. um, and is kind of frustrated that everyone has not accepted him as the leader because he's the biggest and he's the strongest and he should probably be leading mm-hmm. in his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, I don't think he's like power hungry. Yeah. He also like really wants to protect Esme. So he's kind of behind you trying to keep up with you, but also is protecting Esme and concerned yeah. about Esme. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mr. and Mrs. Fritzwild are kind of hopping along behind uh, those two. And Edith, I think, is bringing up the rear with her head on a, a swivel. Mm-hmm. So how is Polly feeling as as she's making her way? I think Polly's excited. Like yeah. it, It's like a mission. You know, she's got something to do. She's got a little bit of a purpose. She left her hunter because she didn't want to do that anymore. So, you know, she was, like, aimlessly walking around, found this group, and now she has, like, a thing to do. She's excited. And this is something she's good at. So I think she's, I think she's excited. And I think as you kind of, like, are, are taking in your surroundings and looking around, you notice that Edith is kind of falling behind. You can see her, like, bright emerald head kind of, like, bobbing through the grasses. And she is refusing to take flight. So she's kind of like slowly falling behind the others who are meant for kind of traversing this kind Mm -hmm. of grasses. And you pick up the scent of that fox again, and it is getting, uh, it is strong. I think the wind changes direction so Mm -hmm. that it's coming from behind you. Mm -hmm. And you suddenly pick up a strong scent of that fox. Do basset hounds, are they the ones that, um, do they point? I know a lot of hunting dogs, well, not a lot. Some hunting dogs will point. Yeah. And I know there are some dogs that are like really known for pointing. Do do basset hounds do that? Um, I don't think basset hounds are, uh, I I mean, basset hounds aren't a pointer. Yeah. But I think you could probably train a basset hound to point, I'm sure. The basset hound in the Great Mouse Detective points. Yeah. Because I think a lot of hunting dogs do. Yeah, yeah. That's like a, that's a basic technique. But I I I don't don't know if if basset hounds do it. Um, Well, never mind. She's not going to point anyway. I was going to have her point, but I don't think she does. I think, you know, that that wind comes by and I feel like we've all seen enough dogs in real life or in movies, like, they pop up, mm-hmm. like their heads pop up. And, like, basset hounds have those big floppy ears, so her ears don't, like, really pop up. But her tail stops moving and goes straight up in the air. And, like, she turns real fast. Like, it, that's, like, a very alarming, startling thing. So everybody probably stopped when she does it. And she, like, turns real fast and, like, little, little leg dog hops to the back and is facing the the direction that we just came from because mm-hmm. that's where it's strongest. So now I have put myself in between what could be a fox and what I think is a fox and um the pheasant. I have a question about pheasants. Yeah. Are pheasants large? Uh I think they're like chicken sized. Okay. So it could stand on top of a deer. Yes. That's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know. I might make this pheasant ride a deer. Okay. The the bunnies are a hundred percent going to ride the full. Really, a hundred percent. No, I know some bunnies can get really big. No, these yeah, these are these are small bunnies. Yeah, but I I mean even a really big bunny I think could still be on a full. Mm-hmm. I think fowl full 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 a fowl is a bird is a bird. 
A foal is a small, small deer. deer. Foal. I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. So anyway, so I've done none of that. No one is riding anybody yet, but we, but just, you know, f- f- fun, fun preview for the listener. That's probably what's going to happen. And she's a dog, so she's just going to like pick them up by the scruff of their neck and throw them up there when it's time, but it's not time yet. So she's facing the, the direction that we just came in. There's a bird between her and the deer who is now at the end of the line. Okay. And yeah, I think everybody kind of like panics a little bit as you as you suddenly turn and just dart back. Uh, but I'm not I'm not running away from them. I'm yeah, standing. Yeah. yeah. But I think Niklas kind of like kneels down, gets really low. Uh, everybody kind of like gets gets down and stops as you kind of run back. And as you run to the back, you hear the grasses kind of stop rustling, and then they part, and the pointed face of a fox peers through the grass and looks at you and his eyes kind of narrow and he goes what do we have here i don't think polly says anything i think polly does that thing that dogs do like the (laughs) you know what i'm talking about (laughs) i know that sounded like a horse but dogs do this where they just like breathe out real fast like Mm -hmm. do you think this is the basic move fight or flight Mm, i don't know is this fox trying to intimidate me probably Mm. maybe I don't think yet. Yeah, I don't think yet. I think maybe that might be where it goes. But right now, basset hounds are kind of big. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I used to hunt foxes. So I don't know if I'm like intimidated. But I do have, you know, at least three creatures that this fox is going to try to eat. Mm -hmm. And I think when when you let out that harumph, uh, Edith kind of shrieks a little bit and flies and... flutters up into probably Niklas's like antlers. Like I think she just automatically is just like, like gets up there, gets yeah. to the high ground. And this fox kind of fully emerges from the grass and he kind of sits down in the water and he cocks his head at you and he goes, what is a basset hound doing with, and he kind of like peers around you, two deer, two rabbits and a chicken. Well, what's a fox? doing in water and she's like looking around because she knows that that was lame like that was really bad (laughs) uh and he kind of smiles and shows off his toothy grin he goes looking for breakfast well you've come to the wrong place the humans have the food duh there's no humans right here i've noticed that you're quite far off from your human don't you think little hound first of all I'm not little. Second of all, I don't have a human. There are no humans that own me. I own myself. He goes, (laughs) oh, a wild dog. I have manners. This is very rude. I have to admit, I'm not really fond of dogs in general. Uh, There's a man over there with another dog, and I don't think... They also would take kindly to me or anyone else in your little troop. So why don't we make a deal? And he kind of looks over. You give me just one of either one of the rabbits or the pheasant and I'll leave you alone. Or now hear me out. And then you see... You see Polly, like, stand up to her full height, which is not very tall because basset hounds have little legs. Or you run away or I break your neck. 
How about those options? How are you, my darling? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really, um, yeah, I'm really happy right now. This is a good moment. It's nice autumnal weather outside. Our goblin is sleeping. This game is so far cute. So, yeah, I'm happy right now. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm liking this game as well. It's, um, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Watership Down. Yeah, I, we've been together for over a decade and I've never read it. I don't understand it. I, I need to do a reread of it because it's been, it's been a long time, but I remember, were we dating when I got really into Watership Down or was that before we started dating? I want to say it was before we started dating, but actually I think it was early, early stages of us dating. I think it was. I remember this distinctly and this is like one of the most emo hipster things that I've ever done in my life. But I remember I was living at home with my parents and riding a bike. So I I was young. Yeah. Um, but I would take my copy of Watership Down. It was an old beat up copy that my dad had in high school. I would ride my bike to the, the local cemetery and I would sit down and read Watership Down. Oh, and that that's was, how I read through Watership Down. That was pre me. Was that pre you? I, you didn't ride a bike when I, I mean, you know how to ride a bike, but you weren't riding bikes when. Yeah, which dating. is how I knew it needed to. It, it must have been either before. I think it I want to say it was the summer before freshman year of college Mm, the summer we actually met yeah so it was it was a long time ago and i have not reread it since but i need to i've tried to read the plague dogs i watched the plague dogs movie but reading the plague dogs is very difficult because the first chapter is all about a cruel experimentation done on dogs and i couldn't get through (laughs) yeah it's pretty rough but I'm a huge fan of animal stories. I love animal stories. Ursula K. Le Guin has a great book of essays on animal stories called Cheek by Jowl that I think is like one of the best collections of essays on fantasy in general. I love animal stories. So I'm I'm really feeling this. And like you said, it's like a nice autumn day. It kind of is like the first day that is starting to feel like autumn. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling this. Yay! Yay! Uh, what else is, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything that's new? No, I don't do anything with my life. I mean, it's a weird period in our lives. It is a weird period (laughs) in our lives. And like, shockingly, we're still in a global pandemic. So all of the things that I would normally look forward to are like questions, things that like you get excited about when you have a small goblin, like we're going to go pumpkin picking and like maybe we'll go to like a hayride. She's still pretty young, but like maybe we'll go on a hayride. And now it's like, do I do that? Is that worth it? Will the fun and cute pictures be worth the stress of dealing with, uh uh-oh, people? Yeah. I don't know. And a few weeks ago we did, I mean, speaking of animals, we took the goblin to (gasps) a petting zoo which is one of the reasons which is kind of what i was thinking might have been the cause of your uh anti-bird <laughs> rant just, earlier there were just chickens just out walking as if they deserved to not be in a cage <laughs> yes there were roaming chickens there were roaming turkeys and there were a couple emus that were in pens but massive i mean you can't just have an emu wa- walking around with people there was a war and they won like no you can't just do that kind of hate birds 
But anyway, we did. We took her to a petting zoo, and she was not interested. Yeah, she was. She was not interested. I think the most emotion we got out of her was she was scared of the big cow. <laughs> yes, yes, she was scared of the big cow. She really liked their poop. That was all by the not the cow's poop, what? but animal poop. Yeah, the I think it was by the pigs. There was like poop by the fence. And she was standing by the fence and she was like, ooh, this looks like fun. I want to touch this thing. That was the thing that she was the most interested in. Oh, I I missed that part. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Glad I missed that part. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was something that we did that was was fun, but also was kind of stressful because there was a whole lot of people there. And uh, it was outside. We weren't indoors. We weren't, like, particularly close to people. But just with everything going on, it's scary to take the goblin out because the goblin hasn't been vaccinated yet because they're way too small but yeah we'll we'll do stuff we're gonna do stuff this autumn safe stuff we're gonna do safe stuff halloween parades halloween maybe those are a lot of people but i love the parades yeah. that's because i'm a bando i'm a band kid at heart nerd yes fully embrace it i fully embrace it i miss parades is that weird is that a weird thing do people go to the parades anymore Tweet at us if you go to a parade, but you don't have anybody in the parade. Like, if you're just a a person who lives in this place and is like, I'm going to go watch 17-year-olds play an instrument and walk down a street. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. You know, tweet at us. Let us know. Is that a thing you do? I don't know. I love parades. Let's get back to it. Okay. So we last left off, you had threatened to... I wasn't threatening. I was offering alternative options. Mm, I see. The fox can run away, or I can break its neck. These are things that are within my capability, and that I maybe will do. I don't know. I don't know if Polly is anti-killing things. Probably not, right? She's a dog. She's got to eat. Yeah, I mean... She's eating things. She can't just eat berries. She's the only carnivore. She is the only carnivore. And dogs can't eat, like, things that are already dead. Like, they can't scavenge. Can they? Um, I think they can. Yeah, they can scavenge all right. Not great, but... Um, like, they can't eat week-old meat soup. I mean, you probably can. It's probably not the best for you, but... Would they, wouldn't they get sick? I mean, my... Literally, my only context for that would be, like, the the stray dogs in Mumbai oh, when yeah. I was living in India. Like, they... Oh, they eat trash that's all they that's eat, fair basically. okay that's fair that's fair okay so yeah so yeah i think i've just been eating like birds i think i've been eating birds how's edith felt about that i mean little birds edith probably <laughs> doesn't care they're little burbs so i'm not seeing a like an intimidation i'm seeing a reaction to an intimidation or engage with a hostile opponent perhaps it's negotiate Wait, where's negotiate? When you need something from an NPC who isn't a member of your community. Yeah, I think so. You're right. It's negotiate. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm going to... Because I kind of think that is what I'm doing a little. Negotiating? A little. And what you want is for the fox to leave. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Why don't don't you roll negotiate? Yeah. It uses my social. Yeah. It's going to go bad. I got a seven. Okay, I got a seven. Okay. That's a middling thing. So on seven to nine, the NPC will only give you what you want in exchange for something they want. Can I offer something? Yeah, absolutely. What if, and I don't know how the conversation would come about to get there, but what if the hound offers to help 
find the fox something to eat. Because they are both carnivores, right? And so the hound has been finding ways to eat without upsetting its crew. Yeah, I I like that. Okay, so I think the fox says, uh, I think the fox does take a couple steps back. Because they are a little, they don't want to tussle with a big old basset hound. Right. Y'all are about the same height, but you're definitely stockier. Right. And the fox goes, uh, I don't want any trouble from you. I've had enough issues with hounds. But it would be a shame if that hunter over the hill were to find your little group. So why don't we make a deal? You don't have to feed me one of them, he says, kind of like looking over everybody. Mm -hmm. But why don't we work together to get something to eat? You have to eat. I have to eat. I don't feel like putting in a lot of work today, especially with that hunter in the distance. So if you can find me something to eat, then I'll just maybe let y'all go on your little way. Okay. <laughs> but you have to come with you have to come with us. I think Edith's like, no, 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 no. No. He we can't he can't come with us. No, he was going to eat me. Oh, he was never gonna eat you. The fox's tail kind of swishes a little bit. He goes, Of course not, little pheasant. I, I'm I'm not going to eat you. I'm gonna I'm part of the family now. I think <laughs> So in my head. Um, the fox and the hound are now next to each other because mm. they were walking to the front of the line in my head like they had started moving when um, the fox said this. So so Polly just like real quick turns and nips at it, n- nips at the fox like, no, you're not a part of the family. Don't say that. Like, rah, like real quick. Yeah. Like a warning. Like a mm-hmm. warning. Yeah. And he kind of dodges away. And I think Niklas also kind of like steps forward and tries to look real big. And he's mm-hmm. like, if you do one thing out of line, I will stomp you into the mud. And the fox is just kind of like, listen, me and your friend both have to eat. We can work together. This doesn't have to be a big deal. And then I think Polly just goes, <laughs> he just does that again and walks to the front of the line and starts moving. What Polly is on the lookout for is somewhere where the group can hide while she and this fox go off a little bit and go hunt. So I know we're in like a plane, so there's not a whole lot of like hiding a very large stag. Yeah, but there there's there's there is like there's decent brush cover mm-hmm. and trees and stuff. It's just hard to stay hidden while you're moving. Yeah. So if you're looking for a place to hide, this sounds like stay safe to me. Or also, do you have any hound moves for this? No. No, I went with identify and goodest boy in town. What does identify do? It helps me identify what something is. And so since I haven't found anything mm. I'm looking for yet, if I had gone with catch the scent, I'd be able to search for things. Uh, but I didn't. I mean, you haven't went- used identify yet. Would you like to switch to catch the scent? No, okay. no. I still I still think identify is the better move. Yeah, no. So I think stay safe for my group makes the most sense. And this okay. is kind of a dangerous situation. Like, I'm with another carnivore. Like, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in the history of the world, a fox has taken down a basset hound at some point. Oh, yeah. So it's not like I'm completely safe. So why don't we roll stay safe? I- I'm thinking, do you think a keen awareness of your situation? Yes. 
All right. I agree. So let's roll to stay safe plus sense. So you're looking for a place for, uh, literally a place for them to stay safe and Mm -hmm. hide. Yep. Okay. I rolled a six. Ooh, you rolled a six. So I fail. Okay. So I think the way we're going to resolve this is because there are, there's brush here Mm -hmm. for them to hide. So I think you, you, you kind of move through, find the brush. And find a space big enough for everybody to kind of hunker down and hide in. And so the idea is that you want them to hide so that you and this fox can go out hunting? Yeah. Okay. So you manage to you manage to find a space and everybody's kind of hunkering down. And I think uh, Mr. Fritz Wild kind of hops up to you as, as everybody's getting settled in. And he goes, Polly, please stay safe. We don't want you getting hurt. Aw, thanks. He kind of like shoots a side eye at the fox and he goes, come back as soon as you can. I will. You and the fox kind of break off and the fox starts asking you questions about like how long you've been with the group and like who you, I think he goes, so my name's Renault, by the way, what's your name? The question that I have to ask myself is, is Polly actually as silly as I'm painting her? Or is she a little um, smarter than that? And I think the answer is no. So she answers all of these foxes' questions honestly and earnestly. Okay. Um, so my name is Polly. I've been with the group for about a week. Or no, longer. Couple weeks. Couple yeah. weeks. Could you roll me one D6, please? One. Okay. So you and... Renault are making your way kind of through the through the grasses and the water and you're he's asked you a couple questions and you started talking and you're just kind of like talking answering his questions when you realize that he is no longer beside you I immediately go into hunting mode and I am now looking for Renault okay can you use oh no identify is to figure out what something is Mm mm-hmm no, maybe I should have went to catch the scent. I mean, maybe I should have at this point. Maybe I should have done that. Did you say? Did you say you're looking for Renault? Yeah. So that sounds like stay safe with speed, right? That, that stay safe seems like the generic kind of uh, defy danger move yes, in yes. this system. Yep. Six, and I went. We went with speed, which is reflex. So it's just a six. I fail. Okay. Wow. Bad. Your purple dice are failing you this session. I know. They were doing really well in the beginning. So you are, you kind of start running around looking for Renault and he is. Hold on. Am I going with speed? Was I going with speed or was I going with a keen awareness of my situation? Oh, because you were looking for Renault, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I think I miss, uh, I, I think it would be sense. You think sense? Well, then I got a seven and then I didn't fail. Because I rolled, what I rolled was a six. And if I was going with speed, I ha- I add no modifiers to it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going with sense, then I add a plus one, which makes it a seven, which does succeed. Because you said it's you were looking thing. for him, yes, right? Yes, I'm looking for Renault. I'm going yeah. into hunting mode and I'm looking for Renault. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I gave you the wrong stat. So yeah, let's say sense. You rolled a seven. <laughs> so uh, normal seven to nine. Narrator will describe what it costs you, how your situation is worse, or an unforeseen consequence of your mm-hmm. actions. I think you start kind of like looking around for Renault and I think you hear Mrs. Fritz Wild scream. Mm-hmm. 
from back in the hiding. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm buff- as fast as my little basset hound's legs will take me. I'm going. Ears flapping. I'm going to trip over something. I'm going. Hard. Yeah. You are bounding through the wetlands and you come to the spot where uh everyone is hiding and uh edith is screaming and squawking and you see feathers flying everywhere and renault has edith's wing has mm-hmm. one of her wings in his mouth okay and he's kind of shaking her and niklas is trying to st- stomp him mm-hmm. like he threatened to do but uh renault is just a little he's too yeah. fast yeah i'm going in teeth out i'm going for the neck and i'm going to engage a foe all right roll plus fierce fierce is my best stat mm-hmm. which is necessary because i rolled terribly with your white dice i rolled a five with your white dice but my fierce is a plus two which makes it a seven all right so ideal harm but at a cost to myself or to others all right, yeah. Can I can I pick that it's to myself? I don't want to hurt the poor bird, even though I hate birds. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to let you make like, sure that hurt. that goes to you. Yeah. Um. So you start tangling with Renault. You do you want to describe tangling with Renault? I think I'm. I never stopped running, like full sprint straight into him, and I'm trying to decide if I headbutt him as I'm going to him, or if I'm going straight teeth out i think i go teeth out yeah like for his abdomen because that's probably what i'll have like easy enough access to Mm -hmm. so i'm going teeth out sprinting into him with my teeth out yeah and you slam into renault uh dig your teeth into his red fur and he lets out a yelp that releases edith and she goes kind of uh stumbling away towards niklas and uh renault turns and Bites you, I think, like on the front leg, gives you a, a nice bite. So you're each going to deal two harm to one another as you start tussling and slamming into one another. Uh, you're tumbling in the water, and water splashing everywhere as the two of you are yelping and barking. Uh, I'm gonna try to death shake him. Okay, <laughs> okay. Because I gotta eat. And oh he, shit! <laughs> and he could have eaten with me, but now he's going to feed me. <laughs> okay so i'm gonna death shake him that's the goal anyway so am i still engaging a foe do i roll again to engage a foe yeah let's, let's roll engage a foe again what would you call that to me that looks like a six yeah i'm gonna call that a six okay so that's a nine yeah all right uh why don't you i'll take more damage uh, i think so describe describe the the fight so, I mean, we're we're tussling, we're rolling, you know, like in big movie fight scenes, like they just roll a bunch while they're punching each other. That's yeah. what's happening, right? Like we're taking bites at each other. We're, I know cats do this. I bet a fox would do it too, where they get their bottom legs like in between them and the person, the animal they're fighting and they just start scratching at your underbelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bet he's doing that to me and I'm just continuously biting at his neck and trying to like get a good hold so I can death shake him. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think as he's scratching up your belly and you're you're biting at him, uh, you get some good bites in. He gets these deep scratches in your belly, and you're each going to deal two harm to one another again. And as he's scratching you up, he manages to get out from under you and put some space between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And he turns back and snarls, and he goes... um. 
you're a fool for spending your time with things that should be your lunch. And then he turns and he runs away into the reeds. I'm just straight up barking at him the whole time. And the only reason I'm not following after him is because I have to go check on my my people, my yeah. crew. And after a couple seconds, I think Niklas kind of like comes up to you. And I think Esme also comes up and kind of nuzzles you a little bit to kind of get you to calm down. Edith is walking around in circles, fretting over her wing. Mm. Um, as Mrs. Fritz Wilde is like, hold on a second, dear. Just let me, just let me take a look at it. Just let me see it for a moment. And Edith's got her head back and she's just kind of like cawing in, in grief. Um, what do you do? I, I go over to Edith and tell her to calm down so that Mrs. Is it Fitzwater? Fritz Wild. Fritz Wild. Why? I keep I've made it Fritz Water in my head and that that's why I have a hard time with this. Fritz Wild. Fritz Wild. Fritz Wild. Fritz Wild. Fritz Wild. Sorry, I chose a very weird No, I I just I I got Fitzwater in my head and now I can't I have to like anyway. So, I go up to Edith and I go, "Let Mrs. Fritz Wild help you." <laughs> um, let Mrs. Fritz Wild help you. So that you can live. And Edith kind of sits down and she's still like wailing. And Miss Fridswild looks at, oh, like goes over and she starts like kind of pawing through Edith's feathers. And um, she definitely got hurt, mm-hmm. but it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be able to fly for a couple days, but it's it's definitely going to heal fine. And she's like, oh, dear, you're going to be OK. I've seen far worse after a tussle with a fox. And uh, I think Mr. Fritz Wilde is like, speaking of, and he kind of hops over to you and, and kind of checks you out. And he goes, Polly, you've, uh, you're a little worse for wear. Are you okay? I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But we need to keep moving because that hunter absolutely heard all of us. And uh, I think, yeah, Niklas nods in agreement and he starts kind of hurting everybody. And uh, I think Edith kind of uh, climbs up onto Niklas's back as the group starts making their way through the wetlands. And I think as you are going, you see Renault kind of like run up a hill in the distance, and he's just kind of watching the group as y'all continue your way through the moorland. I growl at him. Because <laughs> you can like hear that, and even if you can't hear it, he knows. Yeah. Do you want... I think the credits start rolling. Mm-hmm. Do you have any... Uh, epilogues or anything that you want to happen like any montage during the credits or after the credits or anything I think you just see them continuing to walk you know they probably at one point like they all sit down and start eating grass right grass yeah they eat eat grass so they're all sitting down and eating grass and then you kind of just see Polly go off to the corner and literally lick her wounds Mm -hmm. like because she feels bad. She's the reason they all got attacked. She feels a little bit bad. It's not Polly's fault. It's a little bit Polly's fault. She was just a smidge smarter. <laughs> just a smidge smarter. She's trusting. It's she, a good quality. It is. But she's licking her wounds. And I think you probably see the bunnies coming up and like giving her grass.
That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Briar and Bramble was designed by Freddie Taylor Bell, who is at the drunk wizard underscore on Twitter. You can find Briar and Bramble at drunkwizard.itch.io. Briar and Bramble is currently on Kickstarter for a print edition with art. At the time of this episode's release, you only have about three or four days to go back it. So please check it out. We enjoyed this game. It's a very, it feels like a straightforward uh, Powered by the Apocalypse game. It's got some neat community mechanics. It's got a cool map building mechanic that comes into play over like longer games. We didn't really get into that, but I like it. It feels, it feels pretty uh, streamlined and pretty, pretty clear. I agree. I agree. I've played a lot of Apocalypse World Engine games. That's not what it's, that's Powered by the Apocalypse is what it's called. Um, I've played a lot of them and this one's like, I, I don't know. I got a cute feel for it, but if you wanted to go dark, you could easily go dark. Oh yeah. So I like it. It's versatile. And it's, I don't know. I played a derpy basset hound. Like I'm just feeling like this was super cute. So I like it. And as a reminder, Briar and Bramble is currently free on itch. It's just, uh, it's a very straightforward bare bones layout. So if you enjoy the game spring for the version with art. So we want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, because if it wasn't for him, you would hear a lot of, wait, hold on, what am I supposed to do next? I'm confused. What, what, how, what's the size of a dog? So without Zach B., that would all be helpful. We also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really means a lot to us, and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps the show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash HeartPointsPod. You can directly support the show and help us to better it and maintain it every week while getting cool things like our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and some other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by patrons Sid Helgestad and Andrew Bailey. Andrew is the small moorland god known as the enchanting Hand of the Birds, whose shrine is lined with gold tiles, some gone missing over the decades. Thank you so much for your support, Sid and Andrew. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one. (laughs) 